Hello, y'all. My name is Persephone Jam, and I am your host with the most this fine Tuesday afternoon. This is Talk Tuesday, and today I would like to talk to y'all about self-talk. Well, now let's see how many times I can say talk in one sentence, and I think I just won the prize for that. Um, Now, self-talk is something that I'm actually pretty bad at. I'm not the best at telling myself good things or even telling myself true things about me. And I don't know, part of it is probably a trauma thing. Because, you know, I had some interesting things happen to me throughout my life. Like, I lost my dad in 2016, and this was really, really hard for me because it's like kind of a whole in your mind and in your heart that you really can't get over. Like, it gets better, it gets worse, it gets better, then it gets worse, etc., etc., so on and so forth. And it's really interesting to see how that interacts with your self-talk, how that interacts with what you do in your life, and just basically how it interacts with everything you are. Loss can affect your identity profoundly. It can affect what you do. It can affect like even things you don't really expect. Now, I say identity in an interesting way. I mean, it affects my identity. I don't know if anyone who has lost anything or anyone feels the same way that I do. But it's when you lose someone very, very close to you, you lose a part of yourself. And I know this episode might not be the happiest, most like outgoing and bubbly one in the world, but I think it's necessary to talk about this sort of thing. Because I feel like it gives people a voice and helps people feel heard when they might not have done so before. And I found that like when something bad happens to you, Or whenever you're told something enough, you start to believe it for yourself. And that's not always the best thing in the world. Like, whenever you are given positive reinforcement, like where you're told things that are very good about you, and you're told over and over and over again, like, you're awesome, you're amazing, you'll start to believe it. But sometimes when you're told things that are heavy, when when you're weighed down by a lot of people criticizing you, You start to believe that. So anything good about yourself that you hear isn't believed. Like, your brain doesn't process it and you're like, oh, it must be a lie. It must be a lie. They can't be saying the truth because you've heard other things and that gets wedged in your psyche versus something good getting wedged in your psyche. Now, I've dealt with a lot of mental health struggles throughout the years and... It's always interesting to look and see how my self-talk affects what I do, how I interact with others, and what I believe about people saying about me, saying things about me, like what I believe from what people tell me. Like, there's something that I've come to realize that I call a them problem versus a me problem or a we problem or I guess I don't know exactly how I would call a we problem what I would call a we problem except for like a we problem like we as in you and I not we as in small and 
a lot of times, like, if you're not saying something actively offensive, for example, like on the internet, and someone gets offended, that's not a you problem. That's a them problem. Like, that's on them. Like, they... It's up to them to get offended with that one, because, like, you said something true, or you said something that you believe, and it's not a you problem that they got offended with it. And I think self-talk is a similar thing, because, like, people tell you things that are true or are not, and it's up to us, really, to fit them into our brain, decide where they work and how they work and how they serve us. And that's something that I've been really, really trying to work on for the past few months because I've come to realize that a lot of my self-talk, whenever I get into this negative spiral of like, oh, you're such a bad person. Oh, you're miserable. Oh, no one could ever like you. No one could ever love you. I, I step back and I'm like, excuse me, brain. Where did you get this information? And that usually tells me where I got this information. And I'm like, is it real? Is this valid? Am I supposed to be thinking this thing to myself? Would I address my best friend this way? And usually it's like, no. And so it's, it's a very interesting practice to sit back and examine where my thoughts are coming from, what to do about them, and where to go from there. Because it's like, if I get too involved into my negative self-talk and I buy into it, then I will start to believe it for myself. Because again, you believe what you're told if you hear it enough times. And this is no exception. Because I've found that whenever I indulge in this negative self-talk and I don't try and stop it, that's when I get depressed. That's when I get into this hole of, Oh, I could never be good enough, or I'm not good enough, or etc, etc, etc. Because, again, you believe what you're told. If you hear it enough times from enough different people, or if you hear it from your brain, like, I find that if I'm able to stop the thought spiral, somehow, I can give you a few techniques for that. They don't always work, and it depends on the person. And I'm not a psychiatrist. I'm not a psychologist. I don't have a degree in psychology as much as it'd be cool to. These are just what works for me. Like, I used to be very, very good about journaling. Very diligent about journaling. And it wasn't the best thing for me over time. Because I ended up getting too caught up in my thought spiral. And I believe if you're able to hear that, my phone just went off. It was Facebook. It's on mute now. Um, I, I would end up getting too caught up in this thought spiral. But... Sometimes, in my creative process, which I mentioned yesterday, um, in my creative process, it's important to process the bad. Just as long as I don't get caught up in that self-talk spiral. And, because that can be really difficult sometimes. Distancing yourself enough that you don't get stuck. But involving yourself enough that it's productive. Like... It's important to process, and I honestly think that maybe writing some scenes or writing some songs about, or poetry about, self-talk and how important it is to, like, stay out of your own head. Like, my dad, before he died, he said a lot about getting out of your own head. Like, whenever you get sad, whenever you get feeling selfish, whenever you're feeling down about yourself, 
get out of your own head. And in the words of one of his friends, I wish I remembered the friend's name. And I don't know if you're, I don't know if y'all are Christian. I don't know what y'all think. Like you can also use child of the universe here, but get out and help another child of God. I hope if he's still around, I hope if he hears this, he knows that I take, if, if the friend knows this, if, he, if he's still around, I hope he gets a hold of this someday. And I hope he knows how much that affected me. Because I heard him say that once in person and it made a huge difference in my life. Because I find that whenever I'm able to get out of my own head, help another child of God, help another child of the universe, and really get out and do something with my time, then I get out of that negative self-talk spiral. Whenever I'm able to write about it, whenever I'm able to go teach someone, whenever I'm able to go experience my feelings safely, which is also important. Like you're not supposed to distract yourself all the time I'm learning. I'm not supposed to distract myself all the time. I mean, heck, if you're able to distract yourself all the time and make it work for you, please, by all means, go ahead. But for me, I have to actually sit with my feelings and process them. Like like I was saying before, earlier on in this episode, you, uh, sometimes I have to go through my brain and think, like, where are these thoughts coming from? What informed them? What do I need to process? And processing is so, so important to me now because it allows me to break free of this cycle of despair, of depression. And I, I in many ways, I still am pretty depressed. But there's a difference between sitting in it, I think, and sometimes sitting in it needs to be done, and actually getting up and working through it. And I remember there were several times when I was writing my play, that my play Lavender and Scissors, that I was able to sort through this self-talk. And I was able to think about where are these thoughts that are informing my mind coming from. And... Like, I was able to process through some grief, even, some trauma. And, like, there was this one scene, I believe, in Act 3. I believe I've mentioned it before as well. I say I believe a lot, so I need to work on that, too. But there was a scene where Tara, previously mentioned, and Basil, also previously mentioned, the prince and the, um, one of the main characters, the, the hero's cousin, Tara, and the prince, Basil, were sitting out on a balcony... And Tara starts crying because she can smell the future, but in this place and in this time, she cannot smell the future and it really distresses her. So Basil sits with her. Basil holds her hand. Like they're not romantically involved at all, but there's something so important about physical contact. And I need to write that down on my list of things to talk about, but later... And he holds her hand and he listens and he's a good friend. And I honestly want to do that in my own brain for myself. Because friends are important. And being a friend to yourself is also incredibly important. But like, it's it was so important for me to write that scene. Because A, it shows what a good friend does. And B, it helps me to process what happened to me. Because I've been through some crazy stuff too. Nowhere along the lines of what Tara went through, but it's the same basic feeling, I think. Trauma will sit with you in the ways you wish it wouldn't. And I also wrote songs about what my self-talk is. Like, there's a song, there, Mago, my album Mago is the best example of this. 
I really put my heart, my soul, my mind on the line for this album. And it meant the world to me to record it. There are songs like Best Dress, which deal with identity. Convict, which deals with loss and mental health. And I'll put links to Mago, I'll put links to the songs, and I'll put links to Lavender and Scissors also on the description of this podcast episode. So I will leave you with a question. What do you do to improve or acknowledge or work on or like even sit with your own self-talk? Please leave me an audio message and... um. Or send me a message on Facebook or tweet at me at, at Persephone Jam on Twitter. And I will respond to your messages. Thank you so much for tuning in. Um, this is Persephone Jam and thank you so much. Have a good Tuesday. I'll see you tomorrow.